Hi there, this is Tony Reese, and welcome to It's Personal. And this is just a show about conversations with amazing people who are just doing amazing things and issues that are relevant to them, personal to them, inspiring to others, and we're going to learn from everybody during this show. So today, my guest is Eric Rodriguez. Eric is the owner of Mike and Joe's Barbershop. Yes. And I had the pleasure of hearing your story for the first time when you came in a couple years ago and Jackie Hoffman interviewed you for the People Chronicles about your shop and the fundraising that you do. And I mean, out of this shop, you guys do amazing things, right? Yes, we try to do the utmost for the community. You do. Yeah. You really mm -hmm. do. So before we get into it, there's a reason why you're here that's something very, very personal to you. But it, it, the there's other things that are also very personal to you. And one is that hat that you're wearing, Just a Kid from Reading. Tell me a little bit about that. Where did that come from? Uh, it's, just, it's something that started. It just came out of the blue one day. We were, we were at the barbershop and, and, well, I was scrolling to my Facebook and I was looking and I, could, I couldn't help but notice like how many like entrepreneurs are in the city of Reading, like really good people that, I mean, I can go into naming them, but, uh, but, and I, and, and, and I always say, man, we're all from Reading. And I wonder if people even realize that, that we're all from Reading. So I, I got the idea from the Powerade and I said, let's, let's, do, it. let's do some t-shirts that say Just a Kid from Reading. But it never had anything to do with the Reading High basketball team or anything. It was, it was I'm gonna make a few shirts, I'll post them and see if somebody wants one, but I'm gonna sell them to like the entrepreneurs the real estate agents, the bodega owners, the restaurant owners, people like that who are like making a big impact in Reading. Mm -hmm. And just to remind them that I'm just a kid from Reading, you know, and I didn't know it was gonna blow up into something real big. It uh, did blow up, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, um, the kid Lonnie Walker, he took a big liking to it. And I got hit up by the Reading High basketball team and I made shirts for them and then they uh they wore them for the playoffs and then it continued and we made some for the championships and next thing you know it turned into like a big thing man mm -hmm. everyone i had people coming from all over i was shipping them all over the united states i mean it turned into something big it was awesome are you still doing it are you yes. still taking orders for it yes every every now and then like I'll, I'll get hit up by people and say could you make me three more could you make me two more so now i'm making some for the um for the game across the street next mm -hmm. week mm -hmm. for the Miami game. So Just a Kid from Reading was an idea that was born while you're looking at Facebook, seeing what people are doing from the city of Reading that are just ordinary citizens. Yes. Um, just a kid from Reading, right? Absolutely, yep. I'm just a kid from Reading. You're just a kid from Reading, you right? Are. I am a kid from Reading. Gotta get your shirt. Yeah, I need a shirt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Has to be black, though. I mean, you know. Yeah, I'll get you black. I'll get you black. That's okay. a big. That's the bestseller. Is it really? Yeah, All right, we got the black. All right, so I also want to talk about what you've done just recently. You went on a mission trip. Yes. And tell us a little bit about that. If you could give me a little bit of history of what you were observing, and then how it came about. So start. Take take us on a journey. Okay, I I absolutely had no intention of going to Puerto Rico. The the Puerto Rico trip was planned by my wife and her friend, and this was supposed to be a girls trip, and they had to use up their trip by a certain day. So then, when Hurricane Irma came, and it it kind of pushed their trip back. So then, 
that weekend between Irma and Hurricane Maria, um, they canceled it completely. So then, when the Hurricane Maria came and we and we saw the destruction, like my wife and her friend said, I really think we should still go to Puerto Rico. Uh, they can use our help. Um, let's plan it. Let's still go. And they, I wasn't gonna go, but then. Um, I kind of didn't want the girls going on their own. So then I said, all right, you know what? I'll join you guys for the trip too. But uh, so we said, what can we do when we get to Puerto Rico? Because we saw all these people doing collections here, mm -hmm. collecting water, collecting supplies. And everyone's complaint, complaint was, how's it going to get to them? Mm -hmm. How's it going to get to them? The post office isn't working. Nothing. They can't get anything delivered over there. So I said... Well, my wife's friend said, let's, let's, let's do it on a personal level. Let's go and do it on our own. And I'm like, oh, man, there's no power. There's no water. It's dangerous out there right now. There's no traffic lights working. I mean, how are we going to do this? But my wife's friend has a house in Puerto Rico. So, I mean, we started a collection. It was nine days. In nine days, we started a collection. We're like, all right, what we can do is... What we can do is we can start taking a cash donations and then we'll buy a whole bunch of cards and we'll have people come into the barbershop or go see her or go see my wife and fill out a beautiful positive message for the people in Puerto Rico. Just with cards first. With cards first. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, in a matter of like two, three days, the cards were tumbling in because people were like, okay, this is going to get into the right hands. I trust this process. We're, let's let's give to them. So I tug along. I did it at the barbershop. And then it just, it was overwhelming. Like we got over 300 cards to give out to people. And then there was people who didn't even want to fill out a card. They just kind of wanted to put it in a, in, a, in, a, in a jar that we had at the shop. And in, in, three, in nine days, we collected over $9,000. Oh my gosh. To give out to people in Puerto Rico. Okay, so I need you to take me back a little bit. Mm -hmm. So you didn't have any family there that you were worried about or, or going yeah, to check on, or did you? Some, yes. Yeah, okay, some. Mm -hmm. so you were keeping tabs on that. And yeah. your wife's name is? Johanna. Johanna, okay. Yeah. So Johanna, this was her yeah. inspiration as well as her friends. And Elisa. Okay. Elisa Cintron. Okay, yeah. fantastic. So you guys put this call to action out saying, you know, if you drop a card off at the barber shop, mm -hmm. and the card could contain just any any sum of money, anything they wanted, they, anything, and they, and they can seal it up and and just write their message and seal it up. And what I had been reading about and seeing, <clears throat> excuse me, on TV was that people were scared that their contributions and or their packages were not going to get to the places they wanted them to get yes. to. So you had a trust factor going yes. that. All right, I'm going to give to you yeah. because I know he's going to deliver it to where it needs to go. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. How did you get people to know that you were doing this? Was it Facebook? Was yeah. it all through social all through? media? That's fantastic. All through social, it's all, social media is free. Yeah, you absolutely. Can, you can do everything through social media, um, but uh, people people believed that that money was going to go to the right place, and it did. I mean, but when we arrived in Puerto Rico, the the destruction was is real. Okay. Was, so you have nine thousand dollars in car with cards. Mm -hmm. And how do you even, when you get off the plane, how do you even know where to go? <laughs> well, the funny thing is that, is that I can see it now, but the girls arrived with the money. 
because they got there before me. Okay. And when I got there, I didn't have anything on me. I okay. So the girls, you know, we walked around with these backpacks, and you know, we kind of like, you know, we're, we were we were we were on the down low, you know, and we were just walking around and and just you know and. I didn't really have any concerns from like my immediate family or my wife's immediate family because, mm-hmm. and and actually Elisa's immediate family because, like our families are actually doing pretty well in Puerto Rico. It was we wanted to get it into the hands of the people who were forgotten because like, in the metropolitan areas, they were blessing them. You know, FEMA was there; they were taking care of them. It's 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 the outskirts. You know, like mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico, they're called the Campos, where they're up on the mountains and and they get forgotten, you know, and and they couldn't even come down into the cities, and because you know roads were bad and some people lost their cars, they lost everything. I mean, we saw so many houses on the ground. I'm talking about like when you drive by, you see their clothing, their 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 washing machines, their refrigerators, everything's destroyed, everything. And I'm just wondering where are these people at? What we did was we went and we visited like our families, and then. Because our families know the island so well, so then we had them take us to people in dire need. I mean, and they knew they knew of everyone in their barrio that actually needed it. So we just randomly showed up at people's houses. I mean, I have tons of videos, tons of pictures, um, and we knocked on their doors and and they invited us in. I mean, some people didn't have anything. Some lady wants they want to make you coffee. They want to see if you want to eat. Well, you know, they don't even have much, but we, 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 we went into people's homes and we explained to them who we were, what we were doing, and why we were doing it. Mm-hmm. And then we handed them envelopes. We didn't just give one envelope. I mean, there was times where there, if, if it was a tough situation, we might have gave them five, six envelopes. I mean, there was, there was some that we gave 10 envelopes too because we had to figure out how we were going to disperse of 300 some envelopes. Well, so it became personal for you mm-hmm. In that moment, that is when you made that decision. Exactly. And the people that you were visiting had no idea that you had this on you or were willing to do this, correct? None whatsoever. What was the worst part for you? Man, just the worst part was, was seeing the people who lost everything. Like and they had no they, they had no idea what their next move was. Like I'm gonna tell you this, this is this is this is the craziest story. We walked into this lady's house and she lives off of a fixed income of $125 a month. Her house is the size of this little room right here. Mm-hmm. And we walk in. She has no she has no leg. So when we walk in, we introduce ourselves, we tell her who we are, and we start talking to her. And I notice there's a little cot off to the side, because her house is so little, there's a little cot in her living room. And I'm talking to her and I said, do you sleep there? She goes, no, I sleep over here. She sleeps there. And she's pointing to the lady in the room. And I'm like, oh, she lives here with you. She goes, yeah, if you look out that window right there, you can see her house is on the ground. And she goes, so I just gave her, I gave, I, we got her a cot and she sleeps here until until we figure out what's going to happen with her. So we start talking, we start talking more and more. Come to find out. I had my shirt on. I said, just a kid from Reading. No way. Yes. And she says to me, where are you from? I said, Reading, Pennsylvania. And she goes, my son's from Pennsylvania. And I said, who, where does he live? She goes, he lives in Leesport. Oh, so this woman who's in this house yes. is, it has a son in Leesport, yes. Pennsylvania. Yes, so she says to me, she says to me, 
teary-eyed, is there any way when you get when you leave here, could you find them on Facebook and please let them know I'm okay? But I haven't received the money that he sent me because he sent her money a month. She's been waiting a month for this money since Irma. She has no power. So then she hasn't got a penny yet. So I said, yeah, I will. She gave me his name. When I arrived back in Reading, well, when I arrived at the airport in San Juan, I looked him up. I met him. Oh, I cut awesome. his hair. <laughs> now he's a customer at Mike and Joe's. Yeah. And he's he's he shows so much gratitude for that, you know. You know, he wanted to pay me back. I'm like, dude, this is not about paying me back. This is just something that we did. And, you know, and, and, and now he's like a brother. So <laughs> you dispersed money, you visited, people you, you shared, fellowship, you, you comforted, and you didn't expect any of this, did you? No. And mm -hmm. you weren't even going to go? Nope. You weren't even going to go. go. Mm -mm. But you did, and something moved you to go, the protection of your wife. Mm -hmm. And was this a life-changing trip for you? Absolutely. Tell me how. Because it was, I got to see the struggle. These people, like, they can't work because they don't, they have to wake up in the morning and go get water. They have to figure out what their next meal is. They don't, there's no food anywhere. We did random acts of kindness at Walmart. We did random acts of kindness at Church's Chicken because we had to figure out how we were going to get rid of some of this money. So we paid for people's bills. And I got to see what these people do from morning to night. They go to Walmart. They go to Walmart. There's no water. There's no fresh meats anywhere. They're eating everything out of cans. And I, we got to experience it the whole time we were there. Mm -hmm. We didn't eat no fresh meats. Mm -hmm. I mean, Church's Chicken didn't have no fried chicken. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I mean? At Burger King didn't even have burgers. So we got to experience everything they did. You know what I mean? Taking a shower with a bucket. I mean, it was, it's rough. Mm -hmm. So what you see in the news, I mean, you can times it by 10. It, it's it's the real deal. Are you getting the impression now that it's getting a little bit better? Yeah, it, it is. is? Mm -hmm. Okay. so Very slowly, but it is. Okay, so you, you go on this trip. It changes you. It, it, it sounds like it was an incredibly humbling experience. It was. And just a kid from Reading. Just a kid from Reading. Just the kid from Reading. That's what it always comes back to. Yeah, and look mm -hmm. what you did. Yeah. Look what you did. That's personal. Yeah, you know, and so what's the biggest life lesson for you out of this that you can maybe share with, with people who are watching as a final question? What, something that, that was so random, mm -hmm. no real plan, the community, yeah, no plan, no plan <laughs> right? The community came together, mm -hmm. they helped you out, you went there, you paid it forward. The stories are amazing. We could talk for the day on this, but what was the biggest life lesson for you that that you will never forget that you learned from? Well, I one thing I, I always I always get a kick at helping others. Number one, number two is what I learned from this is that when a community believes in you, they'll always help you. Like my barbershop family, they believe in everything that we do. When we have when we have any of our benefits, they come out. Any of our softball games, they come out. They, our, our immediate barber family always believes in us. And if they believe in you, they'll have your back from day one. And I couldn't have done none of this without my barbershop family. Mm -hmm. And Elisa, Cintron, and my wife. This could, none, none of this would have ever happened. What about being on the island and bringing, bringing a lesson home? Man, 
you living in the United States is great because let me tell you one time I experienced a, a power outage for I think like 48 hours and I thought I was gonna lose my mind and these people man they're my wife's family right now they're on day they're probably like on day 50 six close to 60 because they've been out of power since Irma mm -hmm. and they just they keep a smile on their face they could be down to their last buck and they just keep living it's it's the, but me myself I don't think I could. I don't think I could have pulled through something like that. I don't, I'm not strong enough. I don't know, Eric. <laughs> I don't know about that. Based mm -mm. on what you've done, what you've taken away from that, I'm, would you go back? Yeah. You would continue to help. Absolutely. If the, yeah. if if I could, I I would be over there right now, still helping. Yeah, you could get through it. Yeah. You could get through it. I, I would. I, and me and my wife plan to go back at the end of January. If, if, Thank you for being here and sharing this personal story. And I invite you to come back if you know to tell. I know you've got some other things that are going on, and and uh, the work that you're doing out of this barbershop. I am so inspired by you guys. I can't. I just can't say enough. Thank you. And the work that you've done. And thank you to your wife, and to her friend, as well for everything that they have done. And uh, thank you for showing up here. Thank you for having me. These stories are made possible in part by Spring Ridge Financial, Heidelberg Restaurant, Queen City Restaurant, and P.J. Willihan.